What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. I know what y'all saying. You saying Drake could have treated us better? Or whatever. But I don't know. I think he did alright. You know what I'm saying? And you know how I get over at Notorious Mass Effect, drawing conclusions, building up my case for how Aubrey Graham, aka Drake, is the GOAT. Like I have a Juris Doctor degree. So saying he could have treated us better, that's kind of crazy. But all jokes aside, we're just going to get right into it because I have a lot to say about this this album. And in this review, it's going to be a lot of information thrown at you and hopefully you can handle it because as a Drake fan, I've been paying attention to everything. When I tell you I've been trying to figure out the marketing strategy for this album for the longest, thinking that this was the worst album rollout ever. And then to see the news that it's going to sell 400 to 450,000 first week and easily be number one. I'm like, I think I didn't figure it out. And that's why, but that is why, ladies and gentlemen, this entire episode for 130 is titled Drake versus hip hop media. Now I thought it was kind of strange when he called out certain hip hop heads. And that is gonna round off and give us a 360 moment on why this album was marketed specifically this way, right? I believe Drake's marketing rollout was beefing with hip hop media, specifically old heads. People who's old and have heads. Because, you know, no disrespect. So that being said, we're going to go down the timeline. And hopefully y'all can stay with me throughout this entire time. Because let me tell you something. I know a lot of people have been asking about how I feel about the album. And we're going to get into it. Because, you know, I was kind of being funny at the beginning. But people really think Drake could have treated us better. And I'm like, I don't know what else this man can do. Like, (laughs) this is one of the most complete albums I've ever heard from Drake. It gives us everything and more. So it's like, we're going to get into it. But first, I want to talk about the marketing strategy because, you know, I do call myself analytic dreams and it will be very ignorant to not focus on the analytics as far as how he ro- rolled out this uh, album. So it all started with this particular person, right? And 
before I get into this, make sure to follow or to, to watch along while I'm talking, make sure to follow Analytic Dreams video on Spotify to see the video element along with the audio. With that being said, we're going to get into subject number one. Anthony Fantano. I thought it was a little strange that back in September in 2022, this man went at Anthony Fantano and basically said, your existence is a light one and the one is because you are alive. Now we're going to recognize a reoccurring theme here as we get into this uh, album rollout. This is the first hip hop media head he decided to go at. And while some could say it is not unprovoked, I could say it is unprovoked because hip hop media simply talks about hip hop. It'd be different if a Stephen A went out of his way to say for all the dogs is trash or if uh if a grace randolph went out of her way to say for all the dogs about drake is trash or if a jeremy johns basically you see what i'm saying like hip-hop media heads talk about hip-hop so as you can say this is unprovoked or no you could say this is provoked by anthony fantano talking about him i mean that's kind of his job so the reoccurring theme is how drake attacks these hip-hop heads but not in the way that's malicious or in a way that's below the bar like he doesn't send any below the belt shots at any of these hip-hop heads but he does addresses them which is very rare for drake to do but he does it so often that i finally figured out that is what his rollout was or is currently for all the dogs so first subject was anthony fantano right if you need another one look no further then Elliot Wilson. Now I just have the screenshot uh, screenshot up on here because I basically have to break this down to make this uh, quote make sense. So basically, Elliot Wilson was uh, perplexed that Drake did an interview with Bobby Althoff in uh, earlier this year, right? Well, not earlier. It was like a month or two ago where he did an uh, interview with Bobby Althoff in, I can't say her name. Uh, you know, you just have to deal with me mispronouncing it. <laughs> but um, So Elliot Wilson called that out and then drake of course being the petty person he is waited after those comments for elliot wilson to do some type of interviews that rolling loud and academics posted it remind you all of these well most of these responses are on academics page which is another hip-hop head right we're gonna get to him in a second so elliot wilson was doing interviews at rolling loud basically um if you've never seen nardward basically those type of interviews where he walks up on an interview and does and, and tries to interview the person and there's nothing wrong with that right but drake he uh remembering those recent comments about him and bobby came back to say quote about that particular uh video lol man expeditive not coming to this platform for a second time talking about him and now Elliot Ten Toes doing Yes Jewels run-up interviews at Rolling Loud. Just admit the youth took over Big Dog. Point number two on how Drake's rollout was just dissing hip-hop media. As the youth is the biggest point that I'm going to be making throughout this entire um, case that I'm presenting. Because... All of these people he's targeting are quote-unquote old heads. We have Anthony Fantano. We have Elliot Wilson. 
with the back and forth, which technically was unprovoked. I mean, if a hip hop person talks about a hip hop artist, I don't think that's you provoking him. You're just talking about something that's in your job and in the field of your job. It'd be different if Elliot Wilson came out. He was like, bro, I don't know why Draymond hanging out with LeBron so much. Like, that would be weird, right? That would be like, oh, you have some personal against him. But as a hip hop media head, it makes so much sense to just point out stuff that looks very pecu uh, peculiar in the hip hop scene. So with that being said, I thought this was also unprovoked and champagne. Well, I don't even know. I don't even ever call him that Drake <laughs> called out Elliot simply for his rollout. So with that being said, that is subject number two. Now let's get into subject number three, which is Charlemagne. Now all these are sequential. So you could go back in the timeline. All of these are in order. So Anthony was the first one back in 2022. Elliot was the second one earlier this year i forget the actual month and then charlamagne came not too long ago like right up before the album and basically charlamagne has so many hilarious things to say about drake and i actually cover that if you look up charlamagne versus drake analytic dreams the shit pop up so i'm not going to go too much in detail but basically after charlamagne basically uh said that SZA and drake's slime you out record came and went when it literally went number one but that's besides the point it came and went and said that rate uh said that two superstars like that shouldn't be dropping stuff that come that that comes and goes drake once again took offense at a hip-hop media head and said because if you think about it he's not pointing out anybody else but hip-hop media heads so he said quote are you okay lenard question mark which if you don't know charlamagne's real name is lenard i would highly recommend you read his book titled i was about to say straight shooter that's Stephen a titled uh black privilege but Straight Shooter is also a good book. But anyways, Black Privilege by Charlemagne. I would read that book to hear about the happenings of how he got to where he is, which is very interesting. But anyways, um, Charlemagne's real name is Leonard. So Champagne Pop. Yo, yo, hey, yo, hold on. Nah, but we ain't going to slop past that. I'm going to keep that in there. But hey, we are not calling him that. So Drake, <laughs> Drake said, are you okay, Leonard? With two question marks. You kind of weirding me out, G. Like you really obsessed with me or something for years. Like you look in the mirror and wish you saw my reflection type beat. Whatever you got to do to let it out. I'm sure your 435 loyal fans will stand by your expletive goof. So with that being said, he's going to another hip hop media subject number three that we're currently on. And Drake is obviously saying that he does not mess with any of these hip hop had opinions about him right any negative critique is not warranted with the rollout for all the dogs but in reverse what he said about Elliot talking about the youth taking over remember he did an interview with Bobby Althoff he's championing and flying out Kai Sinet to his concerts he's jumping on every single young platform that he can as far as academics page if you don't know a bunch of kids follow academics so he's trying to stick into the certain good graces of the youth while going against the old heads making it seem like it's drake versus the old head which inherently makes him look like he's for the youth and he's with and he's amongst the youth this is the rollout that i think drake is using for all the dogs that was done in the greatest of efficiency y'all may think i'm riding or doing tricks or whatever but let me tell you this is exactly what drake set out to do because all of these comments that hip-hop media heads are making about a hip-hop artist 
was pretty in bounds and it wasn't like anything crazy none of these hip-hop heads came out I was like man I don't know why Drake um hanging out with his son like that like it wasn't an um outlandish or out of bounds it was just regular music critiques so that was subject number three right and Charlemagne literally kind of I think he understood out of all of these people that Drake went at I think he understood the most that Drake was trying to use him for a rollout basically saying saying that he was if you don't remember Charlemagne's response to this Drake because he went in on Charlemagne calling him like the off-brand Morris Chestnut all that other stuff if you look at or listen to Charlemagne's response to Drake's diss he basically said that him and Drake are in on a joke about every time he drops he critiques it for his album rollout but I think Charlemagne realizes that Drake was using him for his album rollout so he played along with it to act like they was both in cahoots when all actuality Drake really doesn't like him but he's also using him for the rollout so Charlemagne's the only one that pointed out that he's using him for a rollout all these other people kind of just responded in in fashion like anthony fantano responded to drake basically saying that um i forget what he said his response to drake was like why are you coming at me type response like he wasn't really aggressive which you know with anthony fantano is you really can't get too aggressive when you're being a white man covering hip-hop like that's out the that's out the bag like like nah we're not having that like hip-hop is is mostly black people and uh anthony fantano for him to build up his fan base because he has excellent takes on music not trying to discredit him but being a white man in hip-hop you have a certain uh perspective on you so you can't act certain ways right or they're just gonna completely turn on you so i think he handled that in stride elliot wilson handled that in stride basically you know rebuttaling it with um you know they all was just basically perplexed that drake went so hard at him and that's how and charlamagne did the opposite calling out the rollout calling out him using him for the rollout so that's the third subject we have fourth subject which y'all probably know is the most recent one and it's joseph anthony budden and this is what he had to say about Drake's For All the Dogs that now has been released. This this is like Yachty rapping. This is like he rapping for the children. And that's my, yo, dog, I had to look up how old this was when I finished listening to the album. You are 30. I want y'all to know that Joe Budden's critique was the most personal because he brought up age. And that's specifically what Drake was trying to do with this rollout. 36. Your birthday is in 20 days. I Googled that too. You will be 37 years old. Get the f away from some of these younger niggas and stop f***ing these 25-year-olds. Another personal shot from Joe, from Joe Button. So this was the most personal. And that's why Drake, out of all the responses, I feel like he was the most emotional with this one because he realized that, all right, so Joe finally took the bait of calling him old, right? Because... Drake's whole rollout for For All the Dogs was kind of championing the youth, co uh, coinciding with the youth, bringing Yachty with him everywhere he went, which is just a representation of how the youth acts. So now, because you're attached to somebody, everybody's going to look at you in a certain light, right? It'd be different. Like, if y'all think that Drake ro uh, rolling around with Lil Yachty isn't a marketing play, imagine if Drake was rolling around with Griselda or um what's another benny the butcher or you know what i mean like he's trying to have the youth appeal like obviously he could roll around with people who could easily uh, enhance his musical ability talking about like saha the prince right he can roll around with him if he wants to enhance his musical ability which he claims is why he has yachty around 
he literally has Yachty around for the youth appeal and for the youth um, to follow him and everything he does. Not saying that Yachty is the most popular, but when it comes to visual presentation and business mind, Lil Yachty is the best amongst his peers. And with that being said, obviously, I always say that Lil Yachty makes the worst audio music I've ever heard in my life. Like, as far as the audio format and sonically, Lil Yachty puts out the worst music ever. Like, sonically, like, he's just the worst ever. So that being said, I think he was using Yachty solely for youth appeal. So now, with Joe Budden calling him out about age, I think that's what ticked him off the most, as you see right now. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. His response was lengthy to say the least. Pause. He said, Joe Budden. This from Drake. This is Drake typing from his account. (laughs) under academics page once again i don't know if you can see that at the bottom but it says reply to champagne because it's a screenshot by academics because it's academics page so once again he responds that these hip-hop heads old heads through a youthful media site he says joe budden you have failed at music period i like the way he started that off that was pretty fire you left it behind to do what you are doing in this clip because this is actually Because this is what actually pays your bills. For any artist watching, this is just a reminder you are watching a failure. Give their opinion on his idea of a recipe for success. A quitter. Give their opinion on how to achieve longevity. You switch careers because the things that pop into your brain had you broke living check to check and the raps you write had 450 men what's up with this 400 number 475 for charlamagne 450 for joe budden like is he keeping is he keeping some type of list that we don't know about like is joe budden and charlamagne have some secret pop-ups we don't know about where only 400 people are showing up like what's up with this 400 number like how does that keep popping into drake's brain like you talking about what pops into joe budden's brain why 450 plus people keep popping into your brain when you uh approximate uh when you come into a approximately how many people they bringing out like honestly that that's the thing that kept blowing me i was like what well pause but yeah that was just wild 450 men showing up to your shows in dusty and nice i don't know how you say that jeans to screw up their face to mood music 29 and pretend you are the goat please to any artist i thought this was the best part right here To any artist that's doing what they feel is right, don't let these opinions affect your mindset after the fact. This guy is the poster child of frustration and surrendering. You retired and we never hung up your jersey. We don't even remember your number. We know you for doing this. You withdrew from rap. Not because you accomplished all you need to, it's because it wasn't working for you. I never want anybody in the generations, another playoff of age, generations to think that the whole, everybody's entitled to their opinion is a real thing. This is a man projecting his own self-hate 
And the fact I did and continue to do everything he wanted to do for himself. If you need to put it to simpler terms, I own a 767. He owns a modest house in the 973 and flies first class on special occasions. Now, as far as a response, I'll give that a C minus. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought it was pretty. I thought I thought it was pretty bad. Like he really didn't put out, point out anything that would stick. Because if you do know Joe Budden, he was he was successful in rap. Um, and by the things that popped into his brain, not only did he transition from rap into entertainment field, which he was always trying to do when he was a rapper, he successfully did it and became one of the pioneers in podcasting where Spotify, giving him a deal, literally opened up the floodgates to how much money podcasters can make. Joe Budden did that himself. It was Joe Budden and that was it. And then that's when Joe Rogan realized, oh, you get this, how much from Spotify? And then he got the bag from Spotify. And then now Joe Budden's like more independent, but he's still like top of the top when it comes to analytics and podcasting. That's not me caping for Joe. I call myself analytic dreams. Best believe I'll be looking at them numbers. So <laughs> with that being said, nothing that Drake said even makes sense. Like none of this stuff makes sense. And um, Joe Budden even responded, basically saying you'll grow up soon at some point or something like that. I forget what he said. Um, I wonder if he, I wonder if I could find it. Hold up. We're we going to bring that. We're going to bring his response up because his response was the, um, the epitome of how you respond to your girl when she's super upset and sends you like three essays of how she's upset, why she's upset and uh who she's upset about you know it, it's all that uh oh you should have did this why you got me looking crazy this yada 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 it's like a huge paragraph right and then the epitome to how every dude responds is how joe buddy respond responded to drake he basically said yeah right here this is basically what he said this man said you, you can see it at the bottom i think y'all can see it at the bottom right let me let me put it yeah it's not, it's not it's not it's not getting bigger all right anyways if you can't read it at the bottom he basically said and he added his ig name which i'm not going to say he said you'll grow up sooner or later father time is undefeated one of the things i say about drake no no one thing to say about joe budden and stephen a smith is they are the best orators that i've ever heard if i have to say that again is orators so basically talkers in their respective space they're the best at and that's simply because the way they manipulate emotions is to be studied in collegiate institutions joe budden is a master class manipulator and also is along with Stephen A. Smith is a masterclass manipulator. The way that you use your words to get what you want effectively as both of them have is a masterclass in how orators work at its finest, right? With that being said, uh, Joe Budden gave the most generic response ever that can encaptivate anything in life. You can say to anybody, you'll grow up sooner or later, Father Tom is undefeated, and it will apply, right? Manipulation tactics 101. Make a broad statement, let them get offended, and then make a more specific statement. So that being said, he didn't really respond to Drake. He basically was just doing what every 
significant other does when their other is is super mad sending you long pe uh, paragraphs of text messages you just respond with a short one message that just lets them know hey i ain't really taking in whatever you said like hey have a blessed day or uh <laughs> what they say uh <laughs> no I, I like when people say so and they'd be like hey god bless you or or congratulations i ain't reading all that <laughs> that's basically what joe budden just did a drake so anyways that was uh what was that subject number four yeah that was the most uh recent subject so anyways let's move on to my final point which is on oh no, my final subject which is unfortunately academics so the way that drake went at academics was more lighthearted because of course Academics falls into that youth promotion that Drake is wanting. The kids follow academics. Joe Budden, Anthony Fantano, Elliot Wilson, Charlemagne, they all have an older audience. But for academics, he technically at this point has the most youth when it comes to a hip hop head. So Drake is not going to approach academics the same way he approaches all these other hip hop mediators, right? So that being said, he basically called... Um, academics before the album came out which a lot of people don't realize but he called academics before the album came out and promised that he will call academics when the album came out when the album came out he made sure to call kaisenet but didn't end up calling academics i i just feel like it was just an honest not mistake but it was just like the times didn't match up because why would you call academics like I was watching him sh his stream and he was muted while he talked to uh, Drake and everybody in the call, which if you don't know about Discord, you can still hear somebody if they mute themselves in OBS because they're not muted in Discord. So everybody heard the Drake call by academics except for the people in stream because obviously his OBS was muted. So that being said, why would Drake call him to tell him he was going to call him again? Like why would he, if he was trying to play academics, he would just keep promising that he was going to call, right? So that being said, it was just, it was just blown up to different proportions that i just don't think it was really that serious which is what academics basically basically reiterated when he got into the uh drake saying that he was salty that he didn't call him and well basically he said that drake questioned him about him being offended by not calling him and that was off of the that was a response to academics really not knowing how to feel about the album. So Drake's thinking to himself, dang, is he really upset over my album because I didn't call him? So academics said on the stream after that Drake did call him and asked him if he was upset about him not calling him. And then academics was like, it's not even a big deal, which is not a big deal. So I'm not going to spend too much time on it. But that's another way that he not went at a hip hop hit, but he kind of softened the blow for a young for a hip hop audience that's younger. Right. Cause go against academics and it's not the, it's not the best thing to do in the world. I'm not even just hyping academics up. I mean, you just see what little baby, like it, it just puts you in a whole different limelight where it looks like you're not as hot as you used to be. So that being said, um, that's the end of my case. Hopefully I, uh, presented a, well, a good enough case, you know what I mean? To let y'all know that Drake whole rollout for, for, for all the dogs is basically, it was basically going at, hip-hop media to all the old heads that covered hip-hop that said one word about drake whether it was whether it was completely out of bounds which you could say in joe budden's case or completely in bounds where you could say about anthony elliott or Charlemagne, 
Drake still responded in a fashion that led me to believe that Drake was trying to ride the wave of Drake versus old hip hop media for his album rollout or all the dogs. So that's my case. So anyways, with that being said, with that being said, let's get into uh, the responses, right? So Drake, after, you know, all that, he had some other people joined in on the rollout. He had Birdman, Check, Charlamagne, Joe Budden. If you ever heard Birdman, like, he really doesn't talk unless needed, you know? So I'm thinking Drake hit him up to be like, hey, can you say something to make these dudes get off my back? Like, honestly, I feel like Drake was trying to use Birdman for marketing promotion because obviously it's going to get tweeted by academics because academics covers a lot of beef. So, which is nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's just what he does. And so Birdman, Check, Charlamagne, and Joe Budden over the disrespect to Drake basically saying to Charlemagne, I think you mean good and I respect you, even though we had our difference. But respect Drake. That's basically it. That's all he said. That was in the IG post, as you can see right here. And then he said, Joe Budden. And this picture he used of Joe Budden was beyond hilarious. Like, how in the world did Drake get, I mean, did Joe Budden get a matching hat and coat of the house like what like i don't know i don't know if that's his house it don't look like it it's like he got matching coat and hat of the interior of whatever house he went to but anyway that's besides the point he said joe buddy calm down brother you're not built for this gangster expletive you know it's peachy podcast but Basically saying you're not gangster, you're not built for this, which all Drake, all Joe B uh, Budden was saying was like, hang out with people your own age. And uh, Birdman just went out the window with the, hey, you ain't gangster. Like, where that, where that come from? <laughs> you know, what I, mean? I feel like the 50 cent me, like, like, why does it forget me? Like, I ain't even say nothing about no gangster life. So, anyways, um, I think Drake had Birdman check Joe Budden and uh, Charlemagne, and then not only did he uh text that out but then here's what birdman had to say on clubhouse i believe when he was talking about um there was the joe budden and basically hip-hop media itself disrespect old head me media might i add disrespect to drake and here was his sentiments right here man champagne pop is the real deal and the nigga playing with champagne pop is gonna suck my dick Y'all some pussy-ass niggas. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That means, yo, this, yo, this is a PG podcast, but let me say, I do not condone the inviting other adult men to your genitals, but, hey, Birdman said it. If y'all want to check him, that that's on y'all. But for me, over at here in Notorious Mass Effect, we, we don't condone that, but we going to keep going. Cause I don't think he says that again, but anyway, so, that was wild. But we're going to leave it in there just to let you know that Birdman ain't playing around. You better put some respect with a with a K on Drake's name. <laughs> like me saying, I'd be tripping, bro. He popping that I shit. Hey, Remo, so how do you feel about people who's really not feeling Drake's latest album? A lot of people saying that this is the start of Drake falling off, maybe. Hey, like, so like Joe Budden criticizing him, too. Joe Budden ain't got a hit since Carter had leather pills. Say, bro, tell Joe Budden to calm down, bro. I don't have no ill feeling with Joe Budden. I always, I, I personally always respected Joe Button. I don't have nothing ill about Joe Button, but he can't play with the goat. You can't play with the goat. No, I don't have no, I have none but respect for Joe, but he can't play with the goat. And if you playing with the goat, then you want a problem. If you want a problem, we'll give you a problem. 
I don't guard. We'll give you one. But if you want one, we'll give you one. I don't know who has the most evil monologues when it comes to Jay Prince or Birdman. Like, which one do y'all think have the most evil monologues? It's like comparing Thanos from Endgame to Bane from Batman. It's like there are one-liners and punchlines for how evil they could get. It's, 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 it's sensational. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's chills through your spine. It's almost like one of those things that they will actually follow through on, allegedly. You know, I'm not the police, but let's just say seems like they really be meaning what they be saying. But anyway, so let's, let's keep going. But besides that, you don't, if you, we don't want to give you a problem, but if you want a problem, we'll give you a problem with the girl. Because we, 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 we respectable men, we, dis, we honorable men, we not dishonorable men, but if you play, then we going to play. It's how it go. But I respect Joe, and if he want a problem, we'll give it to him. Whack, you can handle him on the West Coast. I handle him down bottom, and we'll handle him wherever he goes. You hear me, five? And that's basically it. He said, you can handle him on the West Coast, and I, like, he, this man was splitting up where he could get handled. Like, at that point, I'm like, hey, Joe, buddy, you may have to chill out. Like, I know he came out with a new profile picture, which I don't know if y'all seen it. But um, let me see if I can pull this up right quick. I don't know if y'all seen it. <laughs> uh, Joe Button. This man changed his profile picture. I didn't know what that meant. I don't know. Joe Button. That's the Joe Button pie. No, no. Joe Button himself. Joe Button. Am I tripping? Does this man not have a profile? I mean, I know he does. I'm just, I'm just being funny. Let me see. I'm going to type in profile pic. Oh, okay, here we go. Hold up. Is Joe Button shadow banned? No, that was weird. Like, I really had to type in specifically what he did to pull up his account. That would be, is Joe Button shadow banned on Twitter? I would show y'all, but I was looking up like uh, information on Spider-Man because I did that uh, segment before this, and it was showing like Venom uh, 19 inches and stuff. I was like, nah, y'all ain't going to be thinking I'll look up that type of stuff. Ain't, ain't no way. You ain't going to get me. <laughs> so, nah, but um, let me see. So, yeah, I think Joe Budden is shadow banned on Twitter because I had to type this in specifically to get his profile. Anyways, let me pull this back up. All right, so this is Joe Budden's profile, right? He has a new profile picture right here. And it's all black. I don't know what that means. Apparently, his fans are like, oh, it's, it's, it's go time. Everybody know what that means. T-Time, Donda references, The Weeknd, for some reason, just some random meme. I'm like, bro, what, is, what does that even mean? Like, this man just tweeted out a, a, a black square. Like, it's some, you know, Black Lives Matter. Like, we back in the uh, 2020 days. But anyways, that's besides the point. So, yeah, man. Dre, uh, Birdman's not playing with them. And what else? You know who else is not playing with him? Drake's daddy. Yes, literally his dad. Like, the father of Drake is not playing with these people either. So, Drake's dad went on a fiery tirade, let uh, Double XL Magazine tell it. <laughs> but anyways, basically this is what Drake's dad had to say about everybody. Well, not everybody, but the old heads going at Drake. So, you can see this type of rollout was pretty effective to the point where he's like, Hey, 
let me try to hype it up even more by having Birdman respond and my dad. I do feel like this is a whole rollout for his album. And honestly, I don't think he cares that much. But that's besides the point. So Drake's dad said, it's an expletive shame that a young artist can't do his own thing and enjoy his glory without an old hater expletive trying to bust his bubble pause because he has nothing going on and to mention or put a limit on what age anyone should be dealing with which is none of his expletive business as long as their legal age i am sick of these old hey y'all go so at the beginning of the segment i said it was drake versus old hip-hop media and I, I did put hip-hop media but that's just the salacious title really what i mean is the old heads in hip-hop this is specifically a marketing campaign going against the old heads of of hip-hop right so i don't think it's a coincidence that drake's dad is repeating old every other sentence right i want to be i want to been surprised if drake had his publicist ghostwrite his dad's response so anyways let's keep going i am sick of these old exodus haters exodus with my son if you don't like what he does keep him moving exodus he's not bothering you with i don't know how many exclamation points so you know he was screaming so anyways uh what else that was basically it oh okay then we get the conclusion to my case so if i was to have a uh um if I was to have a Juris Doctor degree, which is like the first degree you get to become a lawyer, um, I would say that this would be my case I present as far as me getting that degree. Because I, th I think I did a pretty solid job on wrapping this whole case up. Because I do feel like this was a whole rollout and Drake put a bow on this rollout, basically saying and explaining why he's responding to these people. Obviously, he's talking about the, the Canada uh, concert he just had. But then at the end, he says, all you goofs been throwing my name around publicly for years like a Frisbee. Don't be shocked if I want to go fetch that expletive and bring it to your doorstep. It's us. Savage. This was hands. Oh, OK. And then he goes back to talk about the uh, performance. Cause if you don't know, he was the one who got Savage's green card to make him an actual U.S. resident, I believe. So now he can like tour in different places. So that's a whole side tangent. But, um, and then he put this post of, uh, dang, he had a post of um, Joe Budden's hat. I don't know if I can find it. I mean, that don't matter. Anyways, that's the conclusion, all right? So he's still taking shots at the old heads of hip hop and basically puts a bow on it, basically saying that um, all of them been throwing his name around publicly for years like a frisbee and don't be don't see don't be shocked if he goes and fetch that expletive and bring it to the doorstep mm -mm -mm. and that ladies and gentlemen is the conclusion of my case on why i think drake purposely used each and every old head that covers me media hip-hop media that spoke his name into existence not existence but basically spoke on his name that's why he went at them basically that was the marketing rollout for for all the dogs was to go at every single old head in media in hip-hop media obviously the ones that was like not saying anything was like praising drake he didn't go at but the ones that he already had smoke for he just it just enticed him even more to extend the rollout because if you think about it 
when have you ever heard Drake going at any or the amount of uh, media that he's done for this year? I mean, if Drake didn't put out an album and he went at these people, I'd be like, dang, Drake's really bothered. The fact that Drake was putting out an album in the midst of this whole rollout and it went number one and it's set to sell 400 to 450,000 first week without vinyls. Mind you, without vinyls, like if he would have had vinyls, he would have been in the Taylor Swift range of six to seven hundred. But Drake doesn't do vinyls because hip hop is it's kind of weird with that. Like you have to submit your music early, it gets leaked, all that other stuff. That's a whole nother uh lesson. <laughs> so, anyways, um, so yeah, that's my case. Let me wrap that up. Uh, so yeah, that's basically it. And then all right, let's get into music. So that's my case about the background knowledge of For All The Dogs and basically the lead up to it and the marketing rollout and all that stuff. Now, let's strictly get into the music because that is what you're here for. My review on Drake's For All The Dogs, which I kind of gave you my review at the beginning. But if you wasn't listening, I'm definitely going to reiterate my sentiments of this album because let me tell you something. This is a top for Drake album. This is the most complete body of work I've received from Drake since Scorpion, I would say. As far as singles, as far as lyrically driven tracks, as far as lullabies, this album has it all. Like the embodiment of a Drake album was put into For All the Dogs. Drake gave us a complete body of work and everything that we love from drake with that being said let's go to benny x i want to transition to benny x because i want to shout out to him i didn't really recognize this because i don't really look at stats like this but um i thought metro Boomin was running 2023 but after further evaluation it's a, a argument that benny x which is a producer should be up for producer of the year at first i thought it was metro Boomin because you know he's coming out with a future album soon he just put out um, he just put out the Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse soundtrack. And then before that, he had his own Heroes and Villains album. Uh, he's just been putting out phenomenal music at a consistent pace, right? Heroes and Villains, I think they came out late 2022. But anyways, um, obviously he's been running the game for a little bit, I believe. So when it came to producers, I thought, it was leaps and bounds that Metro, which is number one, outproducing all of these producers. But with further evaluation, Benny X is really one of those type of people where he has his hands on all the hits. And if you don't believe me, look no further than this list right here. Basically, this man produced Meltdown. He produced Slime You Out. He produced, which if you don't know, I, I mean, if you don't know, then come on now. But uh, I, I'll say the names attached with it. So he produced Meltdown with Travis Scott and Drake. He produced Slime You Out with Drake and SZA. He produced A with Lil Uzi Vert and Travis Scott. He produced K-Pop with Travis Scott and The Weeknd. Yes, I just skipped Yeet. I'm sorry for my Yeet fans. I'm still not convinced. He produced Search and Rescue by Drake, which was a hit. That was like a bona fide hit. Top five, top three. I think it was number one. Anyways, let's keep going. And, Drake, and people saying Drake fell off. This man had two numbers. Let me... Let me chill, man. Because Drake's my favorite artist, but even as a person who looks at analytics, this man is not falling off. Search and Rescue was in top five for a minute. I don't think people get that enough respect. And then to come back with another top five single and slime you out, 
anyways let's keep going and then they have another one with jermaine we finna get into it man y'all 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 be hating on a goat all right and then benny x produced uh idgaf which you know what that means but this is a pg podcast uh with drake and yeet he produced uh heaven on earth with low tech and kodak black that was also a hit he produced who with me with quavo that was i don't know if that was a hit but that was a good song um away we're gonna get so we're gonna get into these specific drake tracks because that's a part of the album but he produced hold me i'm not gonna lie hold me that's crazy i didn't even see that why they put this at the end of the list to let y'all know hold me by quavo is my favorite track of 2023 call me sentimental call me emotional i don't care Nigos is one of my favorite groups of all time after the takeoff passing you know I didn't think Quavo was going to come with an album like he did. And for Rocket Power to be as good as it was. And for me personally thinking Hold Me is by far the best track on the album. Just because of the the emotion in it. The way that he rapped. The way that he switched it up with the singing. It was really a powerful track. Like it was one of those where it was like dang. Like if Quavo continued to put art albums out like that. Like he can have a real substantial like solo career. Because Hold Me is still, to this day, one of my favorite track of 2023. So much. I, I love when art, and that's what we're going to get into with this album. But basically, I love when artists put their emotions into the music. Because I think that's what music is for. Music is not just to talk about how you're going to spin the block on your ops 24 times until you get dizzy. And then spin again because you, you ain't had nowhere to park. That's not, that's not music. Music is using your emotions, what you're going through on a day-to-day basis, and putting it into um a format where it's therapeutic and also enjoyable for the listeners hopefully that makes sense anyways so yeah benny x reason why i'm shouting him out is because i think it's page right here yeah he's right here okay so reason why i'm shouting him out because he produced eight songs on this album and people talk about little yachty influencing drake sound or whatever benny x i think that's how you say his name he's the heaviest influencer on this album producing eight songs obviously you have 40 who's like the right hand man to drake but as far as the sound benny x is is this is the sound that drake needs to keep going with like he basically gave a whole album filled with benny x produced like eight songs could technically be an album for some people so he needs to keep going with benny x like or find the next pop and producer because that's what drake does sometimes like he'll collab with the artist simply to get their producer with him so now that i collab with you i'm gonna do three to four more songs with your producer so technically i just took your sound but you can have the drake feature right that's what he does to a lot of people i mean shout out to block boy jb but <laughs> hey at the end of the day hey, happens to the best of them so um yeah drake basically collabs with people to take their producer and for benny x i think he used to produce for one of the younger artists i forget but anyways drake is took it like took him and he was like hey you produce for me now and it was substantial like all of these tracks i'm gonna get into but benny x is, is one of those where it's like um drake needs to wait, keep making music with this man with that being said that's that's the highlight on the producer side so benny x is the highlight from the you know the mix and mastering part of this album now let's get into drake so track number one virginia beach So basically, this intro was fire. To use Frank Ocean as a sample when everybody forgot about the Wiseman Frank Ocean track, masterclass at its finest. This opening 
top three opening of all time and people love to say oh drake drake doesn't sing anymore let me tell you something i think drake's top songs are, are him singing like one dance is still in the top five popular on drake's spotify um, profile and guess what that is that's singing so <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what people want from drake it, like if you don't want this man to sing stop supporting it like stop making his singing tracks the most popular on streaming if you want him to rap like that's that's all i really gotta say because if you look at his top stream songs of all time right they're basically all singing god's plan is singing with with a little bit of rapping um I'm trying to find some more One Dance is singing. You already talked about that one. Uh, let's see if it's, I'm trying to see a list. I'm trying to see if I can pull up a list. Yeah, One Dance, God's Plan. Um, oh, okay, great. One Dance, God's Plan, Nice For What, In My Feelings, and Work is top five Drake stream tracks of all time. If y'all don't want this man to sing, don't support it. <laughs> like, like that's that's all I gotta say. Like, that's why I enjoy Drake singing because it's like, as a person who call myself analytic dreams, and a person who dreams about running up the numbers, as you know, pun intended, it may sound. I believe in repeating what works, <laughs> and if y'all didn't think that he was singing well, then why is the top? not even top five the top 10 top 20 is filled with singing drake tracks like i said one dance god's plan nice for what in my feelings uh passion fruit controller no guidance like do y'all really hate when drake sings like i can't tell i'm looking at the charts right now this is this is insane like if y'all really don't like when drake sings y'all shouldn't support it so anyways with that being said uh let me put that away um this was a top three opener by Drake. Like, I would have to go through my Rolodex of Drake openers, but for me, I like replay value. Obviously, when he raps, it's not as much replay value as you can see by the charts I just pulled up. Uh, well, you didn't see it, but basically I told you his top 10 or top five tracks streamed of all time. All of them were singing, right? So this makes sense to open your album with something that people are accustomed to. So phenomenal opener, phenomenal opener. Uh, I want to see if the, I don't want to miss anything because uh, you know I'm not going over this album again. Let me see. Virginia Beach. Yeah, let me see. That's basically it. And some of these lines, like he gonna find out that's on site like www onsitelight.com. Put a baby in you. You a hot mom. Like these are just Drake type lyrics. Like come on now. <laughs> like obviously it's like nothing like what we're used to. like we're gonna get to some tracks where he's really spitting but that was just like a drake line like put a baby in you you a hot mom like guess the rapper who said that not just play <laughs> all right and then eight man track number two right um so i do want to i do want to point out my favorites first actually should i do that at the end i should probably do that at the end yeah, I should, I'm going to do that then because I want to go through these first. So track number two, Amen. Amen was pretty solid because I like the play they did on Amen, like uh, praying to you find Amen, like instead of like 
amen like it's a double entendre because if you don't know amen is what you say at the end of a prayer amen is also what you say when you're talking about a male you know anyways y'all get it i'm not gonna treat y'all like y'all little kids so <laughs> um this track was fantastic and then the transition into the next track was fantastic but let me tell you something track number three calling for you featuring 21 savage is the worst track by far on this entire album and it's not even bad because of Drake and 21 Savage. It's bad because this man got a whole feature as an interlude. I'm like, bro, whoever was in this interlude, like, I would be looking for some residuals, some pubs, some royalties. Like, ain't no way you're going to have me at the majority in the, in the middle of the track, mind you. The majority of this track, and I ain't going to get no no type of compensation for it. Like, obviously, she probably got paid or something. Like, I don't know. Probably, you know, got to be with Drake or something like that. Like, but anyway, some actual residuals, like, no way you're gonna have me throughout this entire track and not give me no type of residual like she's literally a part of this track to the point where i literally had to skip to like 310 i like i had the the the, uh, the time stamp memorized that's how bad or just it's tired like it's not bad on first listen but the 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 three millionth listen it's like okay bro we, we get it like you, you mad at him for for going through your phone and you're right so i skip right to 21 savage and it's around like 310 313 something like that and then 21 savage comes on he gives a pretty serviceable verse because you know like i say like i get tired of people talking about spinning the block but i was like all right whatever you can have your barn uh your verse and a half about spinning the block um so yeah, this track is the worst on the album, not because of the quality, simply because the interlude is in the middle of the track. And I also cover video games. So one thing that video games do when something's just outlandish, they put a patch, right? They give you patch notes and they patch whatever it is just shouldn't be there. This interlude in the middle of the track should not be there. I don't know if he thinks that DJs are going to go cut that out, but the average consumer is not cutting it out. They're just going to skip the track in its entirety. So please take that out. I need a hot fix. I'm, I'm, I'm begging you. Please give me a hot fix for calling uh calling for you because I'm not gonna lie, these top three tracks would be phenomenal if it wasn't for that interlude in the middle of calling for you. It's completely horrendous. Take that out. With that being said, let's go to track number four. Fear of Heights is one of Drake's best songs ever. It's is a is a top ten Drake song ever. Like ever <laughs> like i'm not even i'm not even exaggerating I, i'm a drake stan i listen to a lot of drake fear of heights is what you want singing rapping both of it very catchy melodic drake type chorus i mean i don't know what else you would if you if you was like play the quintessential drake track i would play fear of heights the way it starts off is it's so drake like he literally said he was like and the sex was average with you yeah i'm anti because i had it with you and if you don't know he kept saying anti because that was rihanna's last album and this was specifically talking about rihanna so this man was like um sex was average with you yeah i'm anti because i had it with you okay i'm i'm anti like your daddy's sister because you know playing off auntie anti like a family picture playing off auntie again and i had way better expletives than you tbh so such a, a drake thing to say yeah yeah that man he's still with you he can't leave you y'all go on vacation i bet it's antigua basically playing off anti again and then at that point i'm like bro is this like a rihanna diss track i'm like what is this man doing like at this point i'm like okay well i'm pretty sure that you know rihanna's like happily married with asap rocky so i'm like why wouldn't he just let that go right so 
and then he, he kind of is like you know what let me stop and then at the end of loop, he's like you know what forget it let me go and then when the beat switches when the beat switches y'all thought sicko mode was fire this is a whole nother level when the beat switches he gets into a chorus he gets into a bag that is like no nah, that's it that's that's it right there like imagine being in the studio and that beat switch and then he was nah that's that's it right there like because he gets into the you make me want to cuff you like the law you make me want to work you like a job but basically drake is the best the greatest at giving choruses that um it's applicable to everybody that's why if you know if you ever notice some rappers make choruses specifically to certain events drake makes every one of his choruses applicable to the general population which is why it's so popular like you make me want to cuff you like the law make me want to work you like a job i know you're a cab but can you make that like come on now like every guy could probably be in a club saying that like i'm not gonna lie to you and then he gets into the verse and the verse the verse the verse was it i ain't gonna lie it's like one of those where it's not lyrical but it's, it, it's, it keeps you captivated to the point where it's like oh this is a club anthem like this is this is it S singing rapping melodic drake type chorus nah that's top five uh top 10 drake track of all time so anyways track number five daylight like this this run is insane like for people to head on for all the dogs is like like i understand because music is subjective but dang man what what more can drake do like this is this is it right here like this is a classic like this for all the dogs is is it gives you a lot it gives you a lot and, and switches it up enough where it's like the complete package. Like I know that the cover art may not be everything. And you know, we got to give that pass cause his son drew it, but like this, this is it. Anyways. Um, daylight, daylight straight fire. I like the way, um, he plays off of the, the youthful sound. I feel like Yachty probably had a, a, a hand in this cause the flows that he's using is more of an upbeat youthful type of flow. And when I say youthful, I mean like, some of the things he's talking about is very interesting. I mean, um, the what? Anytime Drake says I'm geeking, I just automatically think Yachty has a hand in it. So I'm not mad at it, but I thought this was pretty serviceable, um, solid track, and the repeatability is going to be through the roof because I mean he's repeating the chorus like Playboy Cardi effect, and it actually works. I think it's like a Drake Playboy Cardi impression that actually works. And for me to say that is like i think play with cardi's trash but no not play with cardi i was, I was thinking about Lil yachty my fault i, I like play with cardi's last album let's not get that twisted i, I like play with cardi <laughs> so anyways um yeah it was drake doing a playboy cardi impression but because Lil yachty had a hand in it with the whole i'm geeking like i don't think drake's in the studio like oh I'm, i should say i'm geeking hard don't know what to take like i think <laughs> i think that's yachty influence and i think yachty's trash but as, as far as being a writer or a helper if that's what you want to call it for drake um i think it was pretty i think it was a nice mixture right here um i know a lot of people don't like that he talked about the tps think that i caught a body internet swear that i bought the body take more than that to go pop somebody them exodus talk about everybody so low-key i'm happy they got somebody kind of hinting towards the x situation because xx tentacion got assassinated uh, assassinated that sounds rough um got murdered for over well, i guess that's the same thing anyways uh so rp you know i'm not trying to be uh disrespectful or um, or, um i forget the word anyways um rp to x of course but 
Drake plays off of that a lot. Like when he was talking about Triple X, that's the only time I ain't below the, the neck on Scorpion. And now he's back again talking about internet swear that I bought the body. Take more than that to go pop somebody. Like he's literally talking about X. Like there's nobody else people think Drake killed but X. So with that being said, I don't like that. I don't like how he, he sees. And, and low key, I'm happy they got somebody. That's that's a lot. And we we gonna get to some bars where I just feel like it's it's, it's uh questionable. That's that's one of them. He he specifically addresses that. That's that's he's not talking about nobody else but X. That's it. it that's what he's talking about. And he's literally said, "I'm happy they got somebody." Like if you want to replace it and, and really say what he was saying, he was saying. Take more than that to go pop somebody. So literally, he's kind of admitting that he didn't pay for the body. But then, this is where the part where I got upset at. He said, them people talk about everybody. So really, he's talking about XXTentacion talks about everybody. So low-key, I'm happy they got somebody. Basically, meaning somebody, you know, went to them. You Basically, like, he, they got somebody. Like, they was able to garner some of that energy that they was giving out. And even though X was calling out a lot of people calling like take off, lift off and all that other stuff, disrespecting Migos, disrespecting Drake, his fan base is pretty uh, cult-like and pretty humongous even to this point with him releasing posts on his music. But him going against Drake um, and, and after him passing away, you know, Drake talking about it the way that he does is, is uh, could be hard for some X fans and... That's why I'm believing that. I'm not the biggest X fan, but I can still be sensitive to that. You know, I'm not an insensitive person. So, yeah, Drake needs to stop rapping about X. That's that's it. Like he he, he got to stop rapping about it. Like it was really pinpoint. Like it was really pinpoint bars towards X, and he, he has to stop doing that. That's that's too much. All right, track number six, first person shooter, featuring J Cole. It's all right. All right, track number seven. Nah. <laughs> all right, nah. I'll just play. I'll just play. I'm just playing. I'm a Drake fan. Y'all know that, right? I'm going to keep reiterating that because uh, hopefully y'all can tell by this review. <laughs> Deep breath again. That's that's tough. Drake guy out rap, man. I'm sorry. I had to say it. That, that hurt. That hurt. I ain't going to lie. Like, my whole body shutting. Drake guy out rap by J, J. Cole, man. I said it. I said it twice. That's, I may start crying, man. Take my glasses off. You know what? All my Jermaine fans out there, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You got lucky this time. You know, you know, you ever watch Phineas and Ferb and Doofenshmirt whenever he gets upset or um or he get his plan disrupted by by Agent P, P and he's like, I'll get you next time or something like that. That's how I feel right now. I feel defeated and Next time Drake and J. Cole get on the track, it's, it's going to be different. It's going to be different, man, because this may be one of the... No, okay, so J. Cole had this, had this EP. I forget what it was called. It was before Offseason, which I still think is J. Cole's best album ever. Let me see. I wish I could find a single quickly. Was it Lewis Street? yeah the lewis street okay so the lewis street ep put out back in july 22nd 2020 is the best rapping i've ever heard from j cole right and that led up into off season which eventually came out in 2021 uh may 14 2021 which i think to this day is j cole's best album ever so that energy was embodied on this track 
when j cole came on this track he was really rapping like he had something to prove like drake set himself up but i think he also he set both himself and j cole up i think he set j cole up like he did for little baby on wants and needs but the problem with setting little baby up versus setting j cole up is j cole is unfortunately in the conversation of top three rappers in the generation little baby is not right that verse he said little baby up so well that they tried to put him in that conversation and obviously we we eventually found out he doesn't deserve to be nowhere near that conversation j cole though continues and, and continues to dominate in the rapping lyrical space to the point where it's like people are now questioning if j cole's the best rapper of the generation now how blasphemous like to quote my man Stephen a how blasphemous is that that's the most blasphemous statement i've heard in a while like do y'all not realize like even though drake i think set up j cole like he did little baby for once in these so j cole went ballistic he still had to go ballistic of course so let's get into that point uh because i'm getting to my end point or my um final point after this so basically i knew it was over when verse one drake was saying uh say it then who to go who to go who to go apparently drake and j cole was in the same studio when they made this record right so the thing with this record is that if you have two lyricists that could be uh, uh trying to acquire the goat status and you have somebody screaming there to go in the studio while you're just sitting there you gotta know that's gonna make your blood boil it's like if tom brady saw um pay manning at the super bowl podium after he beat him and he was like who to go who to go it's like nah bro i gotta get you now like nah you, you really talking crazy while i'm right here you know so j cole went crazy got to the booth right after drake you know and it, he started man he started and the whole the whole verse is immaculate i ain't gonna lie it's a master class at his finest it, it's it's like these type of bars is why i'm like this album is something different like like he he was keeping this in the tuck like this wasn't even a single like he just kept this in the tuck to release with all the other tracks like that ain't it anyways um let me just get into my favorite parts so my favorite parts in jermaine's verse was basically when he was mimicking boxer punches when he said he, he feels like muhammad ali i don't know why call me a rap nerd or whatever but i thought that was the best part of his verse like when he was like I feel like Muhammad Ali and then he started mimicking how punchers or how boxers punch the uh, punching bag. I was like, ain't no way. Like, you know, the breath, the breathing mechanics they use when they punch. I'm like, bro, this man going crazy. I don't know why, but that was like my favorite part. And then my second favorite part by far is when um he got into that goat flow. I'm not going to lie. It, it was goatish. It, it was goat. This is the most praise you ever going to hear me give to, J to Jermaine. And, and this, this hurts. Every word I say after this hurts. Jermaine was the best rapper ever when he got into this flow right here. Like, ever. Like, Jay-Z, Kendrick, all them. When he got into this flow right here, he was the best ever. This man said, so the flow, when he said, when I show up, it's motion picture, blockbuster, the goat with the golden pin, the top toucher, the spot sprayed his whole expedive up, the crop duster, not Russia, but applying pressure to your cranium. Cole's automatic when aiming him with the boy in the status. It's a state. Now nah, that's it. That's it right there. He got it. That's that's it. Dang. That's it. <laughs> nah, he's, he's he washed and dry clean my my goat man on the track. It's like it's like when Eminem ethered um 
Jay-Z on uh, Renegade. That, that's how I feel right now. I was like, dang, he really, he really did it to him. That's, that's it. He, he did it to him. So anyways, Drake, of course, he was like, I can't follow that up. So he, he completely switched the beat and went with some club type beat. I think it was made by Tay Keith. And he, he ended it off pretty in a, in a solid way. But uh, J. Cole, by far, best verse on the entire album. Best verse in, in the last five years. Best verse. It's one of them. It's, it's one of them. Like Drake, I don't know what he was doing setting J. Cole up like that. Like that's that's not somebody you set up. Like you gotta make it hard on J. Cole. Like you gotta come, you gotta come how Kendrick did, pause, on uh Poetic Justice. Kendrick gave first one, Drake went, then he gave another verse, right? That's how you that's what you should have did. You should have gave a verse, lyrical verse, not the I'm the go, who to go, who to go, and then come with another lyrical verse. Basically, on the verses with with um J. Cole, he got completely washed. Like Drake came on the track talking about who to go, who to go. And now verse two, he naming all the girls he texted, like uh uh Christine, Justine, Kathleen. I'm like, bro, all right, you just you you're not trying. Like, I think after he heard the verse, he was just like, you know what, let me just try to swag it out. And I was like, Yeah, that's that's probably the best thing to do. Make it make it seem like you're not trying. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, that was just uh one of the greatest verses I've ever heard in life. Like, I'm not even trying to be dramatic, like Jermaine was on a different level like i was that was goat status that's literally what i that's the epitome of a, of a master class like when he got into the and i'm gonna say it again because it was just that fire when he said when i show up is motion picture blockbuster the goat with the golden pin the top touch that's it that was it i'm sorry i gotta move on because I'm, I'm gonna stick on that i'm gonna stay on that verse i don't even like jermaine like that i ain't gonna lie to you so that's not it's not the part where I'm gonna get my Jermaine hate off, but I will say that it is first uh J. Cole's first number one ever, and, and you know who's attached to that? Drake. So that's all I gotta say to combat my goat game wash. So that's all I gotta say. Uh track number seven, I D G A F featuring Ye, which you probably know what that means. It's a PG podcast, so I'm not gonna get into it. Basically, um I thought this track was a great mix of Drake's voice over a youthful beat with uh, a yeet type of artist you know when drake said on first person shooter uh this track bigger than the super bowl usually i get a verse and it's t terrible just like a two-year-old i feel like he was specifically talking about yeet i ain't gonna lie this track was right after first person shooter and i don't get it i don't get it like sonically it sounds pretty nice like it sounds futuristic in the beat and the in the vocals but lyrically yeet is saying absolutely nothing it sounds fantastic but yeet is saying nothing he said let me bring this up man this is ridiculous this man said all of my twiz got a gun couple of my twiz on the run couple of my twiz selling runs couple of my twiz cut them up what is this cat like what is this green he uh green eggs and ham like what type of rhyme scheme is this like bro i just don't understand but anyways the son sonically it, it was pretty solid so um yeah i think drake was talking about yeet when he said verses are like verses he gets sometimes are terrible like a two-year-old but sonically it sounded amazing so i guess he let it rock um track number eight which is not a bad track but it's my second worst uh, it's my second least favorite track on the album right uh which is still a serviceable track it's just i don't like um which is so funny because the whole chorus is like that's that stuff i don't like like playing off of chief keith I, I thought that was pretty uh 
I thought that was pretty fire. But um, what was it? I don't like it because of honestly, it's just my second. Yeah, it's just my. It's not even a bad track. Like I said, I think this is like top three, top four Drake album of of all time. So I think it's just a solid track. It's just not better than all the other ones. Like I like how he plays off the album again because that's another thing. People are like, oh, this is all over the place. Like he's literally telling you, it's Bark Radio. So it's a bunch of songs as a radio station. Like ain't nobody say it when the weekend did it for um what's that what's that album called i think i forget what that album was called let me see let me pull this up the weekend did the same thing he did it for dawn fm that's what it was for dawn fm ain't nobody say it when uh when he did it but when drake actually has like a cohesive uh radio and uh legendary artists like snoop dogg playing off of for all the dogs to talk about its bark radio like come on now like this man was sticking to the theme the whole album had dogs dogs barking in the background of some of the lullaby songs like it's just a fantastic album like overall conceptually like he really dro drove the theme before all the dogs anyways um so yeah I thought this I, th I thought this track was just solid like I think it was one of those mellow tracks like after all that hype of J. Cole and Yeet I think it was a nice mellow it was, it was a nice change in pace like we, you know we're getting more into the, the smoother R&B samples right and that's why I believe the single came after that because after Snoop Dogg introduced the, the uh, single by Slime You Out with uh, Drake and SZA it made even more sense so i'm not going to review that because i've talked about that in depth but basically i think it was a pretty solid track and uh i like the way that drake and, and sisa played off of each other for slime you out it's definitely 7960 santa uh can't even talk 7969 santa was basically an intermission to get from a high tempo type of vibe to a lower tempo to singing and i think he accomplished that perfectly with the inner with uh using snoop dogg to introduce the single because now the single makes sense in the entire project as far as a cohesive uh body of work track number 10 um one of my more least favorite tracks of course but um it's still it's still really good like when i say least favorite that's that, that gives the, the wrong perception because i like all of these tracks i'm just talking about replay value and what i like so bahama promises is towards the bottom of the list for me but basically it's a more mellowed out track drake singing about you know uh <laughs> this man sliding down black creek my friends say they want to meet but i don't have the energy like you know drake type bars uh <laughs> and so it was a pretty solid track i don't think i have any yeah i don't really have anything crazy about that yeah that's basically it pretty solid track with bahama promise uh bahamas promises let me see tried our best now let me tell you something you know how i talked about fear of uh, fear of heights this is another one of them this is this is a top top 10 drake track like this this is another one of them where it's like this is the epitome of what you want to hear from drake like as far as the utmost master class of capturing feelings into a track tried our best i think he i think he plays off the do re mi fa so because that's how the that's how the chorus plays it's like do re mi fa so and then fa so back down and then do re mi fa i don't know how to describe it but music heads know what i'm talking about the chords that he does is playing off of the keys in a master class type of way where it's like bro how did you even think about this and then he kind of doesn't do it throughout the whole track because that would be repetitive right so he switches it up and then he ends it off with ty dollar sign out of all people like just completely 
perfect execution of a of a lullaby type of track and it's just a very phenomenally crafted track tried our best by drake is is drake in his like like prime that's like jordan 96 97 i'm not gonna lie to y'all like if y'all want to talk about jaded if y'all want to talk about um what what marvin's room if y'all want to talk about like this is one of them like tried our best is a very very good track like one of them was like how did drake even think of this like it's and then the rhyme scheme for the chorus i ain't gonna be the dead horse but the whole do re me stuff like and going back down like it, it was that was it that was it right there so this, this is probably one of drake's best tracks of all time tried our best is one of them so anyways um and it's sticking with the theme of of you know slower pace r&b tempo type type beat uh screw the world was more of a a, a change up right it was more of a um a break it's like when you're watching the tv show and then it goes into the commercial right that's how i treat screw the world it's like a nice little change of pace i don't know if that's drake rapping no, i think it's somebody else rapping it's just screwed up yeah it's dj screw that's what i thought yeah and it's a nice change of pace but it's not not really i really go back to all right um so after that commercial break we get back into the album with uh track number 13 drew or picasso now this is one of the tracks i had to listen to over and over to realize what he was trying to say so basically he's really getting off his bars right um he's really talking about some girl that messed him messed him over right and which is like most of this album like for all the dogs is a play off of uh how do you say it let me make sure this make the correct term all right let me see okay so when i say this word technically it's hardly used in its correct term right in the, in the correct conversation but technically and this is not a i'm not even going to preface it right we're talking about the word we're talking about the word bitch okay it's a common name for a female dog right and it's hardly used in society because it's deemed a cuss word but if you don't know, veterin uh, veterinarians, <laughs> veterinarians, is that it? my fault. I messed that up. I butchered that. Veterinarians use it in the common day of, of talking about a female dog, right? So it's like when they're talking about, when, when, they, when they're getting into certain things, it's like, uh, okay. When they're getting into certain names of a dog, it's like that is basically the rendition of, of why they say certain things, right? It's like if a dog is certain genders, they're not just gonna say, oh, it's this or it's that. They're gonna they're gonna call the female dog a bitch, and then they're gonna call male dogs something else, right? So when you're getting into for all the dogs, it makes so much sense because technically you're getting into the way of prefacing the whole album of being for the women so when a lot of people say oh drake called this album for all the dogs but it's basically for a bunch of girls right well technically he's still making this album for all the dogs and he says that at the end of this album i just had to reiterate that because you know technically with all the singing people may be thrown off on why i'm like oh this is the greatest drake album ever when honestly i'm just getting into why i believe um 
he is is going with this type of uh strategy right so that being said um this track is pretty solid i do like how uh some of the things he talks about is is very drake drake-esque i mean he really talks about um let me see it's one thing he really talks about uh let me see oh yeah okay right here this is such this is the biggest strike thing he could ever say like when people talk about this is not drake or drake has a certain type of flow that he's not going with it is basically kind of talking about this right here he said quote after you said we not expletive again which you know making love if you know what i'm talking about <laughs> like it's a pg podcast once again even though i did say the correct term for a female dog but anyways we're gonna keep going so um after you said we not expletive again probably could have made it work again if i was man enough to tell you you was wrong man enough to not put it in a song for the world to sing along if that's not the most drake thing he could ever say in the track i don't know what is people be like hey i need an old drake bro this is this is this is uh how long this man been around this is like 2008 drake i don't know how long this man been around this has been so long my you know my goat don't fall off so it's like yeah i gotta i gotta count the years hold on give me a second this is this is uh yeah now nah, this is take take care of thank me later drake right here this is this is 2010 2011 drake talking about oh i could have put you in the song for the world to sing along like come on now like who else can say that but drake like come on man anyways um so yeah side tangent you know, if my parents listening, you know what I mean, just know I'm going over the specific term for female dog. Hopefully they don't kill me. Yeah, if y'all clip this and send it to them, which, you know what I mean, if y'all do, hey, y'all better, y'all better keep the full context. <laughs> uh, uh, anyways, all right, let's keep going. All right, so tried our best. Is that what we was at? No, we wasn't. Drew Picasso. Oh, here we go. Okay. So basically, uh, let's get into members only right featuring party next door members only is my personal favorite right i don't think it's like anything better than like it should be because for me i have certain tracks that i enjoy right and then for other people they have tracks they enjoy personally I gravitate towards members only simply because I like when Drake and Party Next Door get on a track and just go crazy. And the last time they went crazy, I'm gonna keep bringing this album up because this was also a classic that a lot of people hated on. But Scorpion was another album where they came on and just went absolutely crazy. I don't know, I'm tripping. That was that was a uh, Todd Dollar sign. I'm talking about uh, the track After Dark. That's kind of how this track gave me. Like as far as a certain vibe that was just straight uh singing and and basically trying to trying to um court the your significant other you know whether which way you swing if you swing both ways you know uh, to each its own but whenever you're trying to court your significant other you know i feel like this is the type of track that would, would, would come on you know just like after dark by drake and ty dollar sign on scorpion it's just that type of feel where it's like bro like when Drake and Party Next Door be making these tracks in the studio, like, do they have, like, girls to, like, be the A&R for these tracks? Like, I, I just gotta know. Like, ain't no way they be in the track, uh, be in a studio saying, like, hey, but what would you say to a girl? I'll say this and this and this. What would you say to a girl? I'll say this and, and then again, the studio and do it. Like, ain't no way, bro. They gotta have girls helping them out or something. Because, 
you know, if they don't, I may have to bring up that that uh, Charlemagne line again when he said there's gay, there's straight, and there's Drake. Anyway, so that's how I feel about that track, man. It's my personal favorite. With that being said, let's get to track number 15. So, track number 15 is What Would Pluto Do? What is this? Oh, yeah, this is more up-tempo one. Okay, so What Would Pluto Do is, is literally yachty right there's like yachty's influence all over this track but with that being said it's fire like a lot of people critique yachty for helping out on drake albums but the the ones that he obviously has a hand in like whether when drake's using his background vocals or when he's actually on the track like later on in this project i think it's straight fire like daylight i thought was fire what would pluto do is straight fire like um yachty really helps out drake in the studio and that still co-aligns with my point where Drake trying to attach himself to the youth. Cause I don't know if Drake had a side high to Prince right for him. Like Kanye West does. Um, I don't know if it would be that same um, receptiveness to the material. Cause you look at Yachty, you look at the younger sound and now you don't look at, at Drake, like a 36, 37 year old. You look at Drake, like a younger artist in terms of sound because he's sounding because his sound is being um, inspired by a younger artist. So now you're like, well, Drake is keeping up with the times rather than Drake is, st is stuck in his ways. Like, which narrative do you think Drake will want? Stuck in his ways or keeping up and adapting to the times? Which narrative do you think Drake wants? <laughs> like, obviously, at the beginning of this review, with me literally showing you my case of him using the rollout against old heads as promotion for, for all the dogs. That's the type of, you already know what type of direction he chose, right? So uh, what would Pluto do with straight fire up tempo? Uh, Yachty had a great hand in this track. And um, was there something he said in this track? It's one of these Yachty tracks that I really, I really got to point this out. Cause it's, oh, this is, this, this is it right here. No, nah, this is the track. Okay. Let me tell y'all something. Now I told y'all how I felt, felt about X, right? It's the same way I felt or I feel about this bar right here. And I'm not going to say like why, because it, it, it will go into a very morbid and dark territory, you know, on some piece of gate type beat, you know, and I'm not going to go there because it's not one of them type podcasts. But all I'm going to say is this is probably the darkest double triple entendre I've ever heard from Drake. Like, in all actuality, he could have chosen a, a better a better bar, right? And okay, I'm, I'm gonna stop beating around the bush. So basically, let me find it. Where is this at? This man said, "Okay, so he's playing off a joke, hopes, and coach, right?" He said, "Swear I want to tear, swear I want to tear you out." I can't talk. Swear I want to tear your box out like a coach, talking about a woman, right? Get inside and bend a dick, just like the pope because if you don't know the pope to benedict but also i'm not going to explain it but y'all know what i'm talking about this is the the darkest triple and double entendre i've ever heard from drake and i'm gonna leave it at that because we may have kids listening and hey that that's why i'm a, that's why i pointed that out in in general because we not we not condoning that no siree that 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 is not gonna fly that's why i pointed it out and that was the only reason not to say it was a fire bar i'm basically pointing that out to say drake shame on you 
I know what type of double entendre you was going for. And don't think he'd be like, oh, that was just coincidence. Nah, the same guy who made, oh, she a stallion. She got shots uh, to be a stallion. I forget what she said. She lied. She lied about getting shots, but she's still a stallion. She don't even get the joke, but she's still smiling. Like, he, obviously, that was a playoff of Megan the Stallion getting shot, which is horrendous, right? Th this is another one of those bars. Drake, you got to stop doing that because we catch him. It's not, you're not slick. You're not subtle. It's not none of that. Stop, stop with the Benedict jokes with the Pope. Get behind you. That, that's not it. It's not it. That's all I'm going to say. It's not it. I don't play with that kid stuff, man. That's not, that's not it. All right. Anyways, um, what else? Um, track number 16. All right. Let's get more into lighthearted. All right. <laughs> yeah, that was, I was, I was serious about that. I don't like that. Um, track number, uh, 16, all the parties featuring chief Keith. Now this is another one of those where it's my personal favorites, but it's not really, um, a straight up banger off of the album if that makes sense it's my personal favorite but for other people i understand if it's not all the parties with drake and chief key for me is like one of my more enjoyable tracks because i really do feel like drake and chief key on the same track should not sound like this like the way it sounds is very catchy replayable like if you listen to any chief key music obviously he has the slaps but for the most part it's a lot of subpar Chief Keith music, a lot of it. And he's really more known for his cultural impact than his actual quality as far as a body of work, not his top hits, his body of work. So when he gets with Drake, I'm surprised the track turned out like this, which is why it's one of my personal favorites. And I think Drake did a great job. Once again, Benny X is on is producing this track. So um, I think this is just a great direction with uh, Drake and, and Chief Keith over it. So that being said, Let's get into, I already covered this, but I'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, 8 a.m. in Charlotte is why I think this album is a classic, right? He has another track like this on the at the bottom of the album. I haven't got to it yet, but having both of these showcased to me that he can still rap like this. He still is one of the greatest rappers ever. And he is the greatest hip hop artist ever. So rapper and artist is different for me. Like I don't have them in the same boat, but I will say that Drake is one of those where he can rap when he wants to make catchy melodies when he wants to sing in Spanish when he wants to, which we'll get to that track. But basically this cemented to me that this album is a top three album in Drake's discography, because it's like, how much can you ask for from one man he's giving you lyrical bars he's giving you youthful bars with with not as much lyricism but a lot of replayability in it he's giving you uh uh slow down r&b tempos with with uh tried our best and the the track with SZA of course he's giving you okay i haven't got to it yet but he switched up the genre. I'm going to get to that in a second. But so focusing on this, this was cemented the album for me because I need these to say it's a top three Drake album. Like if you're not showcasing on more than two plus occasions that you're still one of the greatest rappers that's touched the mic, pause if needed, <laughs> then I can't put your album up there. So for this to be on here, that's why I think that um, as a body of work, for all the dogs is one of drake's best albums ever all right with that being said let's get into track number oh 18 
<laughs> I ain't gonna lie. This this is the funniest title. I think Drake's like BBL Love is is such a Drake title. I'm not gonna lie. Like it, it's just so many things. It's like Drake plays into the oh Drake's the type of person that will close the door with his hips, right? He's the type of person that will title a track BBL Love. And look here it is for the world to see. Track number eighteen BBL Love. And in parentheses it says interlude. I literally think it just should have said track. Phenomenal track. Very slowed down. Drake singing his heart out i mean he is singing on this track he's like can you feel it can you feel it repeating that over and over and over like i'm like bro if that ain't a drake thing to say i don't know what is and then also he was like um they say love like a bbl you won't know if it's real until you feel one i'm just gonna leave you with that 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 track is phenomenal that that is that is one of them that's one of them overall excellent masterclass performances of how a drake track should sound and it, it's just straight fire all right, let's get into Gently. Now, not gonna lie, after listening to Drake and Bad Bunny once with MIA, it really turned me away from this track. Simply, simply because I knew what they could achieve and with Gently, it was not even close to MIA. Now, I know you shouldn't like compare each and every collab to the other one, but um, I did and i will continue to do so <laughs> so yeah drake and bad bunny could have came way harder i think it's oh pause but it's more of like um it's more of a structure than a performance base i think drake gave a great performance i think bad bunny gave a great performance there's no chorus where's the chorus like just because it's two humongous names on the same track doesn't mean it's gonna blow up i mean just look at the, the weekend and, and post malone track that and that came and went and that's the weekend and post malone on the same track like where's the chorus for gently like it's it's not it i don't care if there's a beat switch there needs to be a chorus like i even even the greatest of the greats still needs to follow the formula of a song structure and that's how i feel with gently so i think it's one of the lesser quality wise it's one of the lesser tracks on on the album but i still think it's solid of course any when i talk about the greatest album and drake's discography just think none of these tracks are bad none of them it's just things they could change so gently it's just a uh, subpar it's, it's it's one of the more subpar tracks on the album all right so then we have track number 20 rich baby daddy yes ladies and gentlemen you read that and heard that correctly rich baby daddy <laughs> rich baby daddy featuring sexy red and sizzle it it reads like it sounds and it will probably sound like you just heard because rich baby daddy is filled with ignorant bars and i like the way it flows because it's a pretty solid track it's, it's very solid but the way that Drake uses Sexy Red as a, as a as a sample makes her, I don't know how they mix and master it, but they made Sexy Red sound like a sample and made it more of a Drake and Scissor track. Drake comes on, gives catchy club type bars. Like if this played at the club, you, you know who's going to be going. Like it's, it's going to be a lot of, it's a lot. And they're going to be going crazy to this track. So I think it set out, or it did, what it set out to do. SZA came on in a, in a unique flow that I did not think that she would be um, comfortable in as far as the pocket. And she killed her verse. Drake killed his verse. And there's a reason why they literally cut Sexy Red's verse in half. They used it as a sample and then it got her up out of there. Like, she barely had a verse on this album. I mean, on this track. So I think it uh, 
did what it what it uh, set out to do, which would be that club anthem for um, a particular audience. So that being said, because you already know what type of demographic uh, Drake was going for putting Sexy Red on track. So anyways, um, another late night featuring Yachty. This was fire. This was actually fire. And Yachty did not... I mean, obviously, it's not. It's one of my lesser tracks on the album because Yachty's on it, like, just off the bat. Like, Yachty's actual vocals on the track? Nah, that's like... That, that, honestly, this may be my my least favorite track off the album simply because Yachty's on it. I ain't gonna lie. Sonically, like, I just can't deal with Yachty. I, I, it's, like, this man was saying clever bars, right? Like, um, what did he say about Bobby? He said... I'm trying to see if I can find it. Um, uh, he said that Billy Eilish bar was was uh, interesting. Was he shooting his shot? Seemed like it. I'm trying to find it. Was like he said he boosted a white girl up, but uh, oh here he is, uh, boost a white expletive up and now she thinks she's really popping so that was it i mean that yeah that was it it's, it's not really too much you can get into a yachty verse but sonically just one of the worst tracks simply because yachty is on it i'm sorry but drake you can use yachty all you want as background vocals and inspiration for your tracks but putting him on the track automatically for me as a person who despises the way that yachty sounds i can't listen to it so another late night is probably my least favorite track off the album with that being said uh track number 22 oh here we go yeah this is it this is what cemented for me that this was a top three album in drake's discography a lot of people are like well drake needs to grow up drake drake needs to stop hanging out with 25 year olds on some joe button type beat meanwhile this man literally rapping his his uh whole like is very introspective and reflective on this entire track like this is my favorite track off of the album quality wise quality wise away from home is my favorite track off the album because he's getting into the aspects of why i like listening to rap somebody taking their unique life experiences and putting them into music for the world to hear and replay this man was given so many personal innuendo well not innuendos but personal perspective into his life that we would have never gotten if it wasn't for this track that's why when drake no, when academics got mad at Yachty for basically saying that Drake doesn't have some of his all-time verses on For All the Dogs, academics is wrong. Like, this is one of Drake's all-time verses on Away From Home. Like, it doesn't get more all-time than talking about your personal life experiences in an entire track for three verses. Like, it's not one of them where it's just like, oh, it's cool, I guess. This man is really getting into his life in a catchy beat and a catchy melody and a way that he's really rapping but also keeping you engaged not just some boom bap type beat you know he's also talking about stuff in this world like i can go anywhere like he was he said i remember fighting over monica with jason i remember only knowing andre and jason i remember buying all the iceberg from jason that's three different jasons my life like the matrix even got on 106 and park with replacement my mama was my manager my uncle was my agent dr drell sent a Exit of home that took patience four grammys to my name 100 nominations come on man one of drake one of drake's best verses ever and then after this track i was like okay yeah it's it's one of uh this is one of drake's greatest albums ever 
like after 8 a.m i was like okay he's rapping rapping but then after this track where he gave us a whole new perspective into his reception or no his reflection on his life it's like okay well that's it like that reminds me of i'm gonna keep bringing this album up because this is what i compare it to this reminds me of when drake was rapping on march 4th uh march 14th on scorpion that's what this reminded me as far as the amount of reflection he did on his life and one of the biggest things that showed me it wasn't just fluff like he was actually giving his uh honest personal reflection of himself is when he said um let me see here here it is right here this is why i knew oh this this is a top tier drake verse this, which is why i understood why yadi said that he said and, and remind you nobody has talked about away from home nobody and I'm like, bro, as an artist, that has to be frustrating. This man put his heart and soul, personal experiences, everything you would want from a real rapper into an entire body of work, sticking to one subject, which is reflection on his life. And everybody's just talking about, oh, um, what did they, they focus on with the album? I don't think they're even pinpointing. Oh, they're pinpointing the, um, the Gently track, which is granted, but still, like, nobody's talking about Away From Home. Why is that? Everybody wants Drake to rap. And they're just disregarding the, the biggest rap track on the, on the album. So Drake said, to keep it real, I wasn't really gangster to now. When has Drake ever said that? When has Drake ever said he wasn't gangster to now? He's always been, I'm the big bad gangster. I mean, ever since, let me see, when did he start really rapping gangster? Ever since he made that mixtape with uh, Future, if you're reading this, no, no, no. Ever since he made that mixtape with Future, What a Time to Be Alive, he's been putting those gangster innuendos in there. So he been acting like he's a gangster. This is the first time we ever heard him say, I'm not really gangster until now. Like now I would believe him because, you know, he has enough money to be gangster if you know how that works. <laughs> so, but basically he keeps it real in this track. Literally, he says, to keep it real, I wasn't really gangster till now. I was living on a cloud. I was quiet as a mouse. I was in the club getting lost in the crowd. Wasn't doing what I, wasn't doing what I wanted to. I do what was allowed is that, if that's not introspective bars i don't know what it is I don't, I don't know i really don't know what people are looking for he gave you hits gave you rap personal reflections to his life on this track and 8 a.m in charlotte it's like i don't understand man i don't like if i was a rapper i'd be like i'd be perplexed i'd be like dang well no wonder he's going off on everybody like like at this point like what, what more can i do <laughs> i feel like i feel like tyrese like, what more do they want from me? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's tough. Uh, you could go anywhere in this track. And it's just personal, personal statements. Like, I remember driving Holland Tunnel for a label meeting, thinking about more cake than a funnel. I remember now these people don't remember. I know Neeks remember. I know Jay remember. Chubbs will make them boys remember. Dead broke, splitting pennies with my members. Forget a spread, we were splitting chicken. T Come on, bro. Come on, man. Remember, I was sleeping in the basement, watching Tigger in the basement. I was trying to get a placement. I remember days in the East with the bros, watching Tristan and DeVoe while they running up the. Yeah. People hating. I, I ain't gonna lie. Like, music is subjective, but it's like, bro, he's literally putting personal reflective stuff into this track. And I think because, you know, everybody's talking about the J. Cole track and. The Yeet track. The Yeet track is the one that does it for me. That one that's blowing up and away from homes not even getting talked about. No wonder Drake's like 
hanging out with y'all and stuff like that. Like y'all want to pay attention to the real bars. I ain't heard nobody. I ain't heard Charlemagne, uh, academics, uh, Joe Budden, and not like they supposed to. But it's like, especially Joe Budden as a rapper, nobody's gonna talk about Away from Home. Nobody's gonna bring up Away from Home. Like you would have thought this track didn't even exist on the album. That's why I was like, bro. Like when I get my review, I have to, I have to like stay on this track because this track is not getting the love it deserves. This is by far the best track on the album as far as quality quality level sticking to the subject matter for the entire track which shouldn't be a point but nowadays it is because everybody talking about spinning the block and not nothing reflective on their life it's uh it's just apparent that people gravitate more uh, more towards the popcorn bars than they do to real quality bars which is why it makes sense why there's not too many of these there's away from home adium and charlotte and if i was to go back i don't know the other one let me see. Was there another one he was rapping? I think that was basically it. Yeah, so there's only two on him uh, on here out of 23 tracks for a reason. Because everybody wants to focus on just the popcorn lyrics rather than the greatest track on the album, in my opinion, obviously, I gotta say that, which is Away From Home. So yeah. <clears throat> I think that's a probably very discouraging for drake <laughs> but at the end of the day i mean you even look at the numbers 119 all these other ones are way above that i mean tried our best isn't uh which is surprising but every everything is way above uh bbl the interlude isn't you know but that's it it's an interlude so anyways let's get into the last track of the album i think after he got his bars off his personal reflective you know stuff off gave people what they supposedly wanted and him rapping he, he finished it off in a way that I believe he wanted to, which is singing about a a female dog. It's called For All The Dogs, which, if I have to reiterate, actually, I ain't going to say it too much because I don't want my parents to be like, hey, man, why are you cussing on, you know, it's supposed to be a PG podcast. And I ain't going to lie to you. Technically, it's still a PG podcast. I was just letting y'all know the correct name for a female dog. And veterinarians use it all the time without batting an eye. So, hey. <laughs> anyways uh this is why drake finally reveals on the last track of the album which is why it's like the whole album is so cohesive to the point it's like dang like this is a great and amazing body of work at the end he's like um he says it right here i don't know if he puts in the chorus or not i don't think he puts in the chorus i think he puts in the verse uh Oh, no, I'm tripping. I don't even think he says it on this track. He says it on the track with Yachty. I'm tripping. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, my fault. I missed that one. So, not the last track, but the third. Yeah, third, the last track. He says it right. I think he says it in the chorus. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, here we go. He says, another late, another late night with my B word, right? He said, I hate to even call her the B word because it make no sense. So just another late night with my dog. Another late night for my B word. Another late night with my dog. Basically putting the two and two together that for all the dogs is for all the. And ladies, ladies and gentlemen, that's my review. I'm ending it off right there because I've been going for a minute. And as y'all know, I'm a huge Drake stand. And I think I've really and captivated everything in this album i mean obviously the stuff i probably missed you know i can't i can't touch on everything but i just want y'all i wanted to give y'all my opinion on the album 
in a thorough way. And I think one hour and 45 minutes of, of straight Drake talk is enough to keep y'all satisfied. <laughs> so, um, yeah, my overall thoughts, if I had to get my top five, it's uh, number one. Okay, if I'm going from a quality standpoint, not just personal bias, because if personal bias, I'll put Drake and Chief Keefe up there. But as far as quality standpoint, I would say away from home, away from home, number one. I would say try it our best, number two. No, 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 no. Away from home, number one. Fear of heights, number two. Try it our best, number three. Uh, first person shooter. Actually, I don't know, bro. I'm not a Jermaine fan, and that's just him going off. I can't do it. I'm sorry. I can't do it. Uh, y'all, y'all gonna call me a hater. I can't do it. So I'm gonna go 8 a.m. in Charlotte, number four. And then I'm gonna say I want to go Virginia Beach or Daylight for number five. I may say Virginia Beach because I do like the way you start off the album. I think it was phenomenal. So I'm gonna go Virginia Beach number five. So to reiterate my top five for this album. I'm going to say number one, Away From Home. Number two is, uh, I forgot my list already. Number two is Fear of Heights. Number three is Tried Our Best. Number four is 8 a.m. in Charlotte. And number five is Virginia Beach. And with that being said, that is my review for Drake. Oh, and also, as far as the landscape of Drake albums, I know a lot of... I know a lot of people is probably like, bro, ain't no way you're going to say it's a top three Drake album and not give you your list. So I was going over it, right? And my list right now. So Drake fans, get ready to kill me because I'm giving you my top five list. Number one, as far as like best Drake albums, I'm going to say Take Care. Number two, I would say Nothing Was the Same. Number three, I would say Scorpion. And then number four, I would say For All the Dogs. And then number five, I would say, I would say views. Yeah, that's my rankings. And at the end of the day, everybody is entitled to their opinion. <laughs> After all that being said, everybody is entitled to their own opinion. So with that being said, click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about my review of Drake's latest album for all the dogs? Do you think it was fire? Do you think it was trash? And also... What do you think I didn't touch on, pause, that you would like me to uh, talk about regarding the album? Make sure to click my link tree in my bio, you know, message me on one of my social medias directly and ask me about it and I'll make sure to answer it. And um, yeah, with that being said, Drake is obviously still the GOAT and still the greatest of all time when it comes to hip hop. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.